The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi. Oh (laughs) my gosh, you guys. I'm so high energy right now simply because we just had such a fun conversation with Allison. Yeah, we're just really excited for you to listen to this episode. Like, I'm just feeling high vibes. She has such good energy. <laughs> her energy is good. She actually talks about energy being like a bit of a superpower for her. And I think we're feeling the effects of that right now. She gave us a bit of her superpower today, and I'm grateful. She sure did. She sure did. And so, for everyone that doesn't know Allison's backstory, um, I'm like particularly keen. So, I always thought I was going to be a reporter. I was on TV for a very brief stint and it was nothing glamorous at all. But literally Allison's trajectory is like what I wanted to do growing up. And so she said things like Juliana Rancic. I used to watch ET all the time. I used to watch all the award shows. And so before we get into Mara and this amazing beauty brand and skincare brand that she has built, I think it's important to go into her background because the minute you hear her talk, it's going to click. So a couple of highlights before launching Mara, she was a television host, producer, fashion and beauty journalist, you name it. She worked with massive, massive networks like Pop Sugar, Refinery29, Who What Where, Entertainment Tonight, you name it. She's basically done it. And the girl is a pro. Her storytelling is out of this world. Her communication style is incredibly clear and concise. And it was actually really interesting hearing how she parlayed all of those skills into mm-hmm. Mara and like helped her brand stand out from the very beginning. Really cool Absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's so interesting to see how transferable her skills were. And I mean, we touch on it in the episode, but I think the re like you, you get out what you put into it. And I think it's very clear that she's really taking to heart, getting the formulas amazing and doing great branding and great storytelling. Like she's really focused on hitting the marks. And I think that's why we see Mara is such a standout brand loved by celebrities like Hailey Bieber, Jen Atkin, like the who's who's use Mara. And you guys know we don't just have any brand on this show. We only have brands on that we think they get it. And Mm -hmm. Mara gets it. Oh, Allison gets gets it. it. 100%. And so Mara specifically, you'll hear a little bit more about this in the episode, got its name from like the most perfect cross-section of... Allison's life. The name comes from a trip that she took in Turkey and like being near the sea, her Irish roots, and then also her love of like just growing up by the ocean and super powerful stuff. So Mara is an award-winning line of algae-infused skincare. They spent years and years in product development and R&D for every single product that they release. And again, it kind of goes back to this like true clean beauty with incredibly high ingredient standards and just not being willing to compromise. And so Everything about Mara from their branding to their positioning to their storytelling around products is really unique. And that's a testament to the fact that Allison was just so clear on her direction and wasn't going to compromise on that. Absolutely. Oh, just such a good one. We love Allison. I think we should get into it. Let's do it. (music) 
All right. We are excited to share the brand we're loving this month. They are a sponsor of today's episode and they are called Mintier. They're a new brand that recently came out and I really love them. And let me tell you why. So obviously no one wants bad breath. And I think, I think one of the easiest life hacks is just, you want to smell good. Like when you smell good, that is just, it sets the bar because if you don't smell good, it doesn't really matter what you're saying or what you're doing. Like that's what sticks with people is if you don't smell good, if you have bad breath, it doesn't really matter what you're saying, you know? So we want good breath. Okay. That's number one. But did you know that in so many gums and mints, there is sugar and sugar feeds into bad breath. It feeds the bacteria that causes bad breath. Enter Mintier. They are an oil-based keto-friendly, sugar-free breath mint. And so it's really cool. It comes in a dropper. You just put half a dropper in your mouth and it keeps your breath fresh for up to 30 minutes. Minty fresh. Minty fresh. And I'm not joking, you guys. Do you remember when you were like really little or maybe you still have this and you'd chew a piece of gum and then you'd like breathe in really quickly or you would take a big drink of water and your entire throat would freeze? Is that like a a common experience? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Same deal here. I literally put in the dropper, I breathed out. And then by the time I breathed back in, I got that like throat fresh feeling and you just feel so much better. You're so much more confident. Big, big fans of Mintier. Absolutely. And yeah, it's a cute little dropper. So you get it, you throw it in your purse, you keep it in your car, you take it in your carry-on. And whenever you need a little freshening without the sugar that's going to feed that bad bacteria, you can reach for your mint here. Love it. So we will link them down below. Go check them out. They're also an incredible female-founded and Canadian brand, which obviously we are always down for. We always stand. So that just makes supporting them even better. So go check them out. You won't regret it. Welcome back to another episode. We are so excited to be chatting with Allison McNamara today. Allison, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so excited to dive in. So let's go way back to start off. Even pre-Mara Beauty, what did your early career look like? Oh my gosh. I feel like I've had three lives at this point and I'm not even that old, Um, but I really wanted to be a television host. I always loved communicating and hearing people's stories and I've always loved researching. So I studied broadcast journalism and political science, thought I was going to be like a news reporter of some sort. Uh, But then I'm I'm in LA and I I learned about entertainment news. I was always so obsessed with watching Ryan Seacrest and Juliana Rancic and being in the heart of LA, I was able to intern at places like E and MTV in mm-hmm. college. So yeah, I went on to do that. I actually, you know, was a host on Pop Sugar and Refinery29 and a beauty journalist for lots of different outlets. Ultimately had my own show on the FYI network that I co-hosted with two other women and then a show on um, FYI called Midnight Style. And I loved it. I mean, I thought that was going to be what I was going to do forever. But this was around 2015 when entertainment news shows kind of, I hate to say it, but they kind of took a dive because we get all of our information from Instagram in real time from celebrities. They really are kind of in control of the narrative now. Mm -hmm. And so when that show um, Pop Sugar Now got canceled, I really thought like, do I want to make YouTube videos forever? Which is amazing. There's nothing wrong with that. But I always wanted to be, you know, a television host and I wanted to do larger scale projects. So I went back to my first love, which is beauty and my family's in beauty. And it really started out as a hobby. 
And, um, you know, I, I loved what I was doing and ultimately it now is in this, you know, this global brand and I get to be here with you guys. So yeah, that's like the quick story. That's so funny. You make it sound like everything's so effortless and it's just, this all played out and it was so easy breezy. And I've heard you on other podcasts and you're not doing yourself justice here. This was like a ton of taking so many risks, trusting yourself, trialing things out. And I have a selfish question for you because I too was like an eight-year-old girl watching a news anchor being like, that's going to be me one day. When was the moment you're like, okay, TV's for me? Oh, that's such a great question. I think it was when I first got to sit in on the Daily 10. So that was the first show I interned for. And that was the show that was the precursor to E! News. So it was with um, Kat Sadler and Sal Masekela oh and Ben gosh. Lyons. Yeah. And I was the intern and I got to go like into their dressing rooms and I'd give them the, the scripts for each day. I would pull all the different B-roll tapes and help the producers out. I thought my job was so important. Now in hindsight, <laughs> I was basically getting coffee. We've um, all had those. <laughs> yeah, but I think getting to, because they would let me sit in as the intern because it was college credit, right? So I would actually get to sit on the set and I was like, wow, I would love to do this for the rest of my life. And I still kind of get to in a way. I mean, this is what we're doing now is the new age version of that. Mm. So I just love the, I love like set life. And that's when I really was enamored by it. Hmm. I love it. So cool. So then take us back to the early days of Mara. You said it was kind of a hobby. So you just started creating products at home or what did that look like? Well, I was still working full time. Of course, I was doing a lot of content creation and over, you know, sightseeing for people that had websites or, you know, writing freelance work for them. So I was still doing that full time. But in 2015, I was on a trip and I was in Turkey and I was on the Sea of Marmara, I thought of this concept where it would be an algae baseline. And so I had this kind of dream of what it could be. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you're right, it was only a hobby. But I was doing all of the steps now looking back for it to become a real business. I never, you know, house formulated, I, I sought out a formulator, and I made the right investments to have an amazing product. Yeah. I just didn't know if it would be one product or five products or at retail or not at retail direct consumer. And so I think doing those early exercises of really kind of acting like a real company without knowing it is what led the groundwork to having a successful company now. Totally. Sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. And actually I feel like your family's history and their own businesses helps a lot. Can you tell the audience a bit more about like what life looked like growing up for you? So I'm from Palos Verdes, but uh, which is in California, mm-hmm. I should say. Not everyone knows where that is. <laughs> Southern California. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. I was born on the East Coast, but moved out here and was raised on this beautiful coastline. So that's really where the inspiration from the ocean and for Mara kind of stems from. Yeah. Then, of course, like layered in with all of my travels around the world. But I grew up in this um, you know, beautiful beach town, and my family is in beauty. And I feel like at the time, California wasn't necessarily the hub of beauty, but really it's transformed mm. to this kind of beauty capital. So many amazing brands are either founded out here or have huge bases out here. Yeah. And my dad worked for Neutrogena when I was, you know, predominantly in grade school and middle school. And I think even in high school, it was a long time. And that was such a cool young teen brand at the time. Yeah. And he was working on so many fun projects from launching their makeup category to different, um, just like deep clean was a big cleanser that I remember him working on and getting to help with, you know, help him pick people that would either be the the spokesmodel for that campaign or even just, you know, reciting the the, the marketing copy um, on commercial shoots were things that really resonated with me as a kid. So I think being around it for so long 
always created this like obsession and, and passion for skincare and something that I didn't realize was such a big part of my life until I really, you know, started the journey of Mara. Wow. Yeah. That is so, yeah, it resonates so much. And we hear oftentimes entrepreneurs that we have on the show, they'll come from entrepreneurial families and we're learning more and more. It's like less about your personality trait and more about conditioning. And so I'm curious about like all of the reporting, the being in front of the camera, getting really good at storytelling, refining your delivery. How has that helped you build Mara? What do you think the transferable skills were there? It is so important. I think that's one of the reasons why we've had a lot of success because, you know, at the foundation of a brand is, you know, excellent marketing and being able to communicate what the product is to the end consumer. And I do think that's something that I have been able to do really well because Mm -hmm. I had to write very short form, but poignant copy for TV. I wrote, you know, all the pieces that I was on for the TV show. I wrote those parts. So um, I think years and years of communicating you know, even if it's something like Kendall Jenner's wearing a swimsuit on the beach, you have to turn that into a story. You have to find, you know, the supporting element of what she did the night before or what Mm -hmm. she's working on. You know, she's, it was recently featured in Vogue and you have to layer the story. in so it's more than just Kendall in a bikini. And I think the ability of being able to do that really helped me define what the products were and how I was going to convey that to the end consumer. And I'm a writer by trade. So I I really approach our formulation process like I would researching for a story. So even though I'm not a formulator, I mean, I I own my formulas and I'm very hands-on in not only the R&D and the development, but we go through hundreds of rounds, it feels like, for some of these formulas. And you know, I want to make sure they have the feel attributes, but also the story and the efficacy that we're trying to deliver. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. And I agree. I think storytelling is so transferable. Like really, no matter what you're doing, if you know how to tell a good story, you're a step ahead already. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's so cool. So you said layering is one thing that really helps a story come to life. Are there any other tips for our audience of telling a good story? Well, with Mara, for example, it's it's like the whole thing is centered around this proprietary algae blend, which, you know, people have used algae before and brands have used their own proprietary blends. But I don't think a lot of new brands are centering around one set of ingredients. Hmm. It's almost more of like a heritage approach to formulation, which we see a little less of. But I think it has really refined the Mara brand story because what separates us is using clean actives, which, you know, is, is new because the clean beauty category is something that is ever changing and also still a very new age concept. So it separates us from more of those heritage algae brands that are out there. And I think having this very clear, concise thing that you know about the brand, like having it be an ocean based story and algae based story really allows us to not only play in that space really well, but also be leaders in the space. So I think, and we get to layer in things in terms of like, it doesn't always have to be algae. It can be a sea filtrate. It can be a new type of seawater that we're playing with. It can be Hmm. um, a marine plant. So we've had a lot of fun exploring like what we can use in the space to tell a different type of story. Yeah. And I also think just like the longevity of the brand it really helps to have that expansion potential. Some of my favorite parts of podcasts that you've been on are listening to you talking about the formulation and that process. And like, you can tell you light up so much when you're talking about the ingredients. And I don't think a lot of people understand why owning your own formulation is so important. 
let's go through this process. When you were like starting this for the first time, you spent years developing your formulation. Tell us about that experience. And I have a bunch of questions after that. Well, I knew because since I'm not like a, you know, a celebrity by any means, I had to have a great product. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I knew was going to separate us apart. You know, of course you can go to a white label manufacturer. They're everywhere now, but you can go somewhere and say, okay, I want these desired attributes. I want these types of marketing stories in there. And then you get rounds of a product, but it's like a base formula that has other things added to them, yeah, right? Totally. And you, you don't own them because the formulation house, that's their base formula that they work off of. And you know, it's not to say that it doesn't work. It's obviously tried and true and has sold, but it's not really different in a way. And and things are usually only in there at marketing level. And marketing level is different than efficacy level. So we want to make sure, that's why I wanted to own my formulas. For one, I wanted efficacy. Mm -hmm. I also wanted full transparency in my ingredients. And there's things that I learned through the process that you know, in the United States, which I know you guys are in Canada. So your health Canada is actually a little bit more stringent, a lot more stringent oh, really? than the U S okay. on, yeah, on, on claims that you can make and things that you can say and can't say. But, um, I wanted to make sure that there weren't any extra trace elements of ingredients. I didn't want in my formulas in okay. my raw materials. And unfortunately that can get hidden if you don't own your formulas, because I mm -hmm. see the full, I see the certificate of analysis on every raw material. Um, I know every single supplier that goes in our product, so I can email them if something's not up to spec or code. So it really just allows you to have full visibility on the life cycle of the products and of the raw materials, and also allows you to really like get in there and do the R and D and make the claims. So our, mm. our retinol, yeah, our retinol was the first clean retinol to market. So we don't use BHT, BHA, or parabens, not even in trace amounts to stabilize our formulas. And we were one of the first clean retinols actually allowed at these quote unquote clean retailers that hadn't allowed the ingredient before, because we were able to show full transparency on, um, on wow. that raw material. So, yeah, so that was important to me and I get all excited by this, but you know, not, <laughs> not everyone, not everyone does, but it really allows for me to, to feel confident that what we're selling is actually what we're selling. I think yeah. it's the shorter mm -hmm. way of putting it right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think when you want to build a lasting brand, especially in the beauty space, especially in the clean beauty space that is becoming more and more saturated, I think that attention to detail with your product and really caring about your formulations is just massive. One thing that I heard you say in an interview is that you purposely don't speak, you don't label yourself as a clean beauty brand. You're like, you let your retailers. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I heard this too. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, you know, as a journalist by trade, I love when things have clear definitions and things that are, you know, provable and there's, you know, something that regulates everyone. But unfortunately, there isn't really a regulation for the term clean. So I know what my my interpretation of that word means. Yeah. I also don't hate on the word like a lot of other journalists do. I do think that there is kind of like a known concept of what clean should be. And I attribute the same thing to when I'm eating clean. You know, if you're going to McDonald's or even an In-N-Out, In-N-Out's better for you than obviously a McDonald's, but you know, you know, you're splurging on something that maybe isn't the best for you. But then if you're eating, you know, a really nice salad with organic ingredients, you know, that that means that you've eat, eaten clean that week. So I was hesitant to use the word clean. And that's why I wanted our retailers to tell that story for us, because I felt like there was so much greenwashing out there and so many mm. people using the term in ways that really didn't define what clean should be. So by getting into a credo beauty, um, everyone knows they have the hardest ingredient standards yeah. and, 
And so I thought using them to tell our that kind of part of the business was really important, especially at a time when we launched, which was 2018, where it wasn't as saturated. There weren't as many brands. And there was also a lot of skepticism towards that word. So I didn't want to alienate anyone. But I thought, okay, if Credo allows us in their store, that kind of just shows okay, that's the benchmark for our formulas. And then, you know, we don't have to say what's not, and then we can really focus what's in them, which is so much more exciting. Totally. Yeah. You've mentioned that once before I've heard you talk about it. And I think you have an interesting perspective on what it means for your business long-term. You've mentioned a couple of times that this isn't meant to be submissive to fads. This isn't about doing the next matcha skincare brand. This isn't about the things that are going to kind of fade quickly. Talk to me about how you feel about the longevity of your brand and your business overall. Well, for one, I think there is a place and time for fun ingredients. So it's not to say that we don't like things that are trending or cool, but I don't want that to be the basis of the DNA for the brand, right? I don't want to, you know, just because everyone's launching a green tea eye cream, okay, we have to launch one and make our own version. You know, I think there really has to be, and I think that that shows with the whole line, we're very thoughtful with the products that we launch. We don't have a huge curation. I really believe in a minimal approach to skincare. So I just don't want to be too trendy because then I think you set yourself up to be trendy and cyclical where you're having to turn out more, uh, where you could just Mm. turn out one amazing eye cream. And if it happens to have an ingredient that ends up being trending, which has happened to us a lot, you know, things like we used volcanic ash in our (gasps) detox mask, which they now WWD said is like the ingredient of 2022, (laughs) which yay, that's so serendipitous (laughs) for us. But when we started formulating that particular product in 2015, you know, we didn't know that volcanic ash was going to be something that was trending. So I think to kind of rephrase the, the, the answer is we would like to set the trends, but we don't really want to be the trends, yeah. if that makes sense. It does. It does. And I think you're probably doing that more than you even realize. And I think that's really exciting. Before we get into some of our quick hit questions, I want you to geek out on algae for a minute. Tell me why it's such an amazing hero ingredient and then tell us all of the benefits. Algae is incredible for your skin. I mean, it's one of the few species that we're still discovering new types of species on because the ocean is boundless. You know, we, the ocean is so ginormous that we have not even really touched the surface on all of the amazing things that we can use from the ocean. And so I love that there is this category where we can continue to push R&D further and find new ways of using the ingredients. And also there's a lot of opportunity for bioactive algae, which are things that are lab grown. And I think that's a really sustainable, cool vertical that we can also explore later down the line. And the other reason why I love it too is because it's it's really sustainable. You know, algae, it can mass produce. We know that algae can also be a negative source for things for the ocean, right? Obviously, we don't use those ingredients in our products, but algae really grows easily. All it needs is sunlight. So it's at the very basis of the food chain. And so there's something very special about that because you're not getting the bioaccumulation from from other ingredients. And just the fact that it's been around for, I don't know, 2 billion years at this point um, is a testament to its staying power. So I, I just think it's really fantastic for skin. And obviously that's proven through clinical analysis that we've done, not only on our algae, but you know, other brands have done on different algae ingredients. And 
Ours is full of phytonutrients. It has really complex B vitamins in there, macronutrients, amazing amino acids, and it really helps with anti antioxidative stress. It's always a hard word for me to say. I mean, it's You know, language. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's really great for fighting free radicals and warding off blue light and all the things that we're really kind of facing. Yeah, really great for just environmental stressors in general. So wow. helps with, yeah. So it's just, it's amazing. I, I love it. I'm sold. Yeah. (laughs) That's all kidding. And also I saw you talk about retinol and how that's like your secret for how amazing your skin is. So now I need to get on the retinol train. Like you've convinced me it's time we're doing it. (laughs) Retinol is the best ingredient for skin. I'd say arrive. I think it's the most important ingredient for skincare for a balanced skincare routine. Of course, the algae is an amazing, you know, kind of supportive element to these formulas, but really the core of our product is not only the algae, but the amazing actives that we formulate around. And so retinol was the first active I introduced into the line after the universal face oil. And in my opinion, it is the best retinol product at market. It really is so good for like smoothing the skin texture. I used to have a face full of, um, freckles. I I'm sad that they're gone actually, but I've been using retinol for so long that it really does have this like skin brightening effect and really, you know, does away with sun damage, dark spots, hyperpigmentation. It's great. I love it. Oh my gosh. I need it because I sadly am just one of those people that I've worshiped the sun a little too much. And now I hear so many people saying, get out of the sun. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in like five, 10 years to my face? Don't even think about it. Don't even go there. Okay, now let's pivot into our quick hits. So the idea for these is whatever comes to your mind, that's what you got to say. And we try to keep them like rapid fire, but sometimes we get, we get a little distracted sometimes because we just want, we like to chat. So first up, what trait do you most attribute to your success? Hard work. Hmm. Just endless hours of hard work. Yeah. <laughs> no finish line. It just keeps going, doesn't no, it? No, you, ha- you have to be able to, to do the work. And you also have to maybe be able to manage several jobs while you're trying to build a business. So you have to have hard, you know, a great work ethic and endless energy. I feel like energy is important. Yeah, that's hard, especially the last couple of years. I feel like keeping your energy up is a tall order these days. A hundred percent. And natural energy is important. You have to be able to stimulate yourself to do things, even if you don't want to do them. And yeah. I think that's hard for people, especially when they're starting to work from home. I've yeah. worked from home for so long that I was, you know, it was easy at that point, but at the beginning it wasn't. So yeah, mm-hmm. energy yeah. work. Yeah. I want to talk more about that in the next episode, but I'm going to save my questions for that. And um, next quick hit for you. What is some advice you'd give to your younger self? I think to my younger self, I would say you don't have to have all the answers just yet. I think when we're in our early 20s and we, you know, I'm not sure if this is revolutionary, but I think as you get into your 30s, you start realizing that, you know, when you were in your 20s, you, I almost acted like I knew so much more than I did, the fake it till you make it. But now, you know, looking back and I I thought I had to have all the answers. I thought I had to know everything about everything. But now I've learned that it's okay to not know things and ask questions and have people be a soundboard for you and showing vulnerability sometimes can lead you to the best new idea or, you know, venture. So I think just not being a know-it-all. Wow. Wow. It is very good advice. And just being able to lean on, like being open to having a support system and yes. knowing that you don't have to do it on your own, I think yeah. is a really good lesson. Definitely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. 
Okay, next one. What's the last book you read? I read so many books. The last book I listened to, which was the last book I technically read, was Malcolm Gladwell's David and Goliath. Yes. I just love Malcolm Gladwell in general. He does no wrong in my eyes. He's so fun. And that was the one book I hadn't actually listened to his of yet. I've done like, you know, The Outliers. I love his Mm -hmm. podcast. So those were all really good. But I loved um, the other one I did that was Barack Obama's book, which took a long time to get through. But it's really good. A great audio book. I think audiobooks in general are the way to go. It's the only way I can motivate myself to go get my 10,000 steps because it's freezing in Canada and I just don't want to. But if I know I'm going to learn something, I can muster up the courage. I'm the same way. The last book I physically read, though, was Cosmos by um, Carl Sagan. And it's fascinating, too. That's the last one I physically read. What's that one about? I've never heard of it. Oh, it's about space. And just I love love things that kind of talk about human development on planet Earth. I just yeah. love, so I, I love like Sapiens, Sapiens and I, love, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I love all of his books. Dr. Harari's books are amazing. Yeah. So all of them, you know, uh, 21 lessons for the 21st century, the whole, all three of those are amazing, Ooh. but Cosmos is kind of like a, an older version of that. He wrote it in the eighties and he actually had a TV show out too. And it was a great physical read and it, it went pretty quickly. So yeah. highly recommend. Oh, I love that. Actually, one of my favorite books on positioning is from like 19... 19- 80, 1978, I think. And good lessons are timeless. I'm a big believer in that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Basic sometimes. <laughs> What's a brand that you're loving right now, obviously, other than Mara? A brand that I'm loving right now, I always love Say. They make amazing products. So, and I love, you know, Lainey, who is fantastic. She's amazing. She is. So I love her yeah. products and I love uh, Tower 28, Amy Lou's oh, line. Yes. So good. I just, she just came out with a sunscreen that I like to layer on top of my sunscreen. So I love those two for makeup. And then for body, I'm loving Necessaire. So oh, I have three so brands. Good. I have brands for every category. Oh so don't God, get me started. So I'm good. like, makeup. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about fashion? I know you're super into fashion. Fashion. That's a good one. Um, okay. So I'm obviously in wedding planning mode, so I'm looking for a really good second dress. And so right now I'm loving the brand Kate with an H it's like K H A I T E. And it's like, it's, it's rare that I feel like a new designer really breaks into the, the fashion scene as quickly as Kate did. The designs are just impeccable. They have their own little kind of space at Saks now for shoes and and dresses. And I ordered like three of their dresses just to see if any of them will look good on me for my second dress. Cause oh we have gosh. to have alpha changes at the wedding. Of course <laughs> we do. Yeah. Absolutely. At least two. <laughs> at least, at least two. Their website is beautiful. Okay. Well, I'm excited. You're gonna have to send us pictures of the second dress. I will. I have so many right now. You guys, I have seven, so I got to limit it down to the, I just don't limit it. Live your best life. Allison, you can do this every hour. It's a new outfit. You know, don't, don't tempt me with a good time or my fiance (laughs) might actually kill me because I'll be spending more time changing than actually at the party. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. It'll be worth it. The photos will be flawless. Exactly. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Next up. What's one thing you don't understand? Space. I think you can get that from me already, right? I'm obsessed with space and I love, like, I don't even understand the concepts, but I love those TikToks even where they show you like the size in, you know, relative to other things like earth, sun, this, and they get into the planets you've never even heard of that just have like letters for names and like a five, four, seven, three. And it's like, 
200 million light years away. I would love to be in space as my next rendition of my job. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, final question. Who do you think gets it? Can I pick two people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, obviously this kind of is thematic at this point, but I think Elon Musk, even though he's <laughs> so crazy, he definitely GIs. Like he totally gets it because no, yeah. Teslas are wild. I, I have a Tesla now. It's smarter than me. And, <laughs> you know, his SpaceX and all that stuff and tying back to my space theme and his yeah. obsession, which I know is controversial, but I do think there's so much more out there. So I love forward thinkers that are willing to take the chance on it. So I think he really gets it. He really I think does. he I think he gets where we're going. And then to round out my answer, I think Yuval Harari is someone I would love to meet and just ask a million questions because I think he gets where we came from. Who and so that? Yuval that's, Harari? He, he wrote Sapiens. See, oh yeah. Okay. That's why yeah. I was like, that name sounds so familiar. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So those are like my two people. Yeah. Love. Wow. I love that answer. Actually, so you say um, space TikToks are on your For You page all the time. Elon Musk is like littered across my For You page. I watch every (laughs) interview that he does. And I love him for two reasons. Like, yeah, he's super controversial, but like the way he talks doesn't sound like complete sentences. Like he's so choppy and you can tell that he's thinking five sentences ahead. Just watching him communicate is like, I feel like a university course in itself. Yeah, he's so interesting and just obviously really big concepts that I'm sure people have thought of before, but the execution, we obviously have not seen until him. So he's definitely an enigma to me, but I think he he gets it more than most. Yeah, agreed. I agree. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, this has been such a fun conversation. We'll wrap up part one here and everyone stay tuned in a couple of days for part two with Allison. Do we love Allison or do we love Allison? Okay. We love her. We love her. We love her. She gets it. It's just a good time. So as we mentioned, she's coming back for a part two, which we're so excited about. So stay tuned in a couple days. We're going to chat with her. We're going to go into detail on what makes her so successful. Because as we said in the intro, as you heard in the episode, she has focused on some really key things and some she's yeah she's not messing around and so we want to just dig in get the nitty-gritty so you all have something to take away and yeah so stay tuned in a couple days Mm -hmm.